Welcome to episode number five of Critical Folly. Man, we are just overwhelmed and grateful at the response of so many people who are listening. They're inviting friends. And so please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on any platform and send links to friends. Share them on social media. We really want Critical Folly to be an encouragement to as many people as possible. So please help us get the word out. And on that note, today's conversation, I believe, is incredibly important. There are people that you meet along life's journey, and we all meet all kinds of amazing people, but sometimes there are people that you meet that change the game for you. They challenge everything that you've thought your whole life. They make you think in a different way. They make you see life in a different way. And for me, today's guests are some of those people. I want to introduce you to Tina and Courtney Lohman. Tina and Courtney are two women who are married to each other. They were both previously married to men and both had children with those men. And they now have a daughter of their own. Before we get to the interview today, I... I want to share some things with you, and I realize that not everyone's going to agree with what I share, but I hope you'll hear my heart. And keep in mind, as I share this with you today, that I have spent the better part of the last 30 years leading in the church. And so as I share some of these things, I indict myself as well. But I think the church has done itself a disservice, the gospel a disservice, and caused quite a bit of division by creating this us versus them mentality when it comes to not only homosexuals. It's kind of like, hey, we're the Christians, we're the good guys. They're the non-Christians or the sinning Christians, and they're the bad guys. And that was never part of God's intention. It certainly wasn't what Jesus modeled while he walked around here on earth with human skin on. But I think, unfortunately, for some reason, somewhere along the way, the church chose homosexuality as that special section of sinners. And yeah, maybe there are some that outrank that, murderers, rapists, whatever. But it seems that the church especially, the Christian church, has stiff-armed and held homosexuals at a distance for too long. And I want you to hear me clearly today. My interview with the girls and this conversation is not, I repeat, it is not about whether or not the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. Clearly in 1 Corinthians 10 and 1 Timothy, the Bible's clear about homosexuality, but in those passages it talks about a lot of sins. 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about a big list of all kinds of sins in the letter that he was writing. Homosexuality just happened to be one of them. Now, having said that, I also believe that the church has failed miserably in how we treat other people, not just those of a different sexual orientation, but of race and political beliefs. And by the way, I do think we've gotten better. Thank goodness the church doesn't use the shotgun method of 
converting people to Christianity near as often anymore. I think there are still some rare pockets that do that. But And what I mean by shotgun method is we beat them over the head with the Bible and we shame them and we tell them they're going to hell and we use fear tactics. I, I can remember being a teenager sitting in church and the guest speaker or revivalist or whatever you want to call it would get up and talk about how Jesus could return at any moment. And if you haven't asked forgiveness of your sins and turned over your life to him and burned all your secular music, I added that last part, but if you don't get your act together and get right with God, if he comes back, you're going to go straight to hell tonight. And that could happen in 10, 9, you better get right with Jesus, 8, 7, you better walk down this aisle and shake the pastor's hand right now, 6, five and, and and it worked and and you get the idea thank goodness we don't do that near as much anymore but what i do think we do is we hold people at a distance we have this image of certain people who live certain lifestyles and it's destructive it's not helpful it's not drawing them to the gospel it's pushing them away and so again listen to me not championing that homosexuality is not a sin. I'm saying there are thousands of sins. We Christians, for some reason, have just picked homosexuality as this one sin that I don't know if we think it's contagious or what, but we got to do a better job of loving one another. People in same-sex relationships are normal people. They live normal lives, and most of them, I would say a huge percentage of them are not asking for your approval of their lifestyle. They're just asking for you to love them and treat them like you treat everybody else. And so without further ado, it is my honor and privilege to introduce you to my dear friends, not my homosexual friends, just my dear friends, Tina and Courtney Lohman. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I, I am so excited. I think this is an important conversation today on a lot of levels, but also you guys are some of my favorite people. You're funny. I just want to introduce you to a bunch of other people that are listening. Only like 5 million right now, Courtney. So don't, oh, well. don't That's not much. More like five, maybe. I have no idea who listens to this. Maybe it's just my wife. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Um, I want to start by just letting you guys tell a little bit about yourselves, where you're from, you know, where'd you grow up, what was life like growing up, all that. Who wants to go first? Tina. Tina, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, currently, we live in uh, Crewe, Virginia. We just moved here during the pandemic. Uh, but I'm actually from Glenpool, Oklahoma. Grew up, raised there my whole life. Um, I am from Kansas, Oklahoma, born and raised there, very small town in between Arkansas and Oklahoma. I remember us talking about that. It's uh, somewhere near Southern Springs, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And Glenpool, South Tulsa, Tina. Yes. That's where all the tough kids come from, is South Tulsa, right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean. Know. I just made that yeah. up. Um, so what, what about family and siblings and stuff growing up? Tell me about your families. Uh, I got one sister um, that I still in contact with. Um, she's basically all that I've, I I talk to. From so. your family, from your yeah, family, family unit. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so. Courtney, how about you? Get, how about you growing up? Who, what was family like? Uh, my parents were married for 25 years, and then um, they got divorced my senior year. And I have a sister, but I only talk to my mom and my sister now. Um, what what kind of stuff were you guys into growing up? Like, did you guys play sports? Did you have other hobbies? Oh, yeah. Tina, you go first. What all were you involved in? I played basketball. I played softball. Um, college, I played a little bit of volleyball. Just any kind of sport, I was out there. You know, I was in choir in, in the high school. Loved it. Involved with the youth ministry. You know, every Sunday night, Wednesday night, we were all there. Yeah, both of you guys grew up in church, right? Courtney was... Was somebody in your church, uh, your family, weren't they a pastor? Yeah, my dad was. Okay, that's what I thought. So what about you? What what kind of stuff do you do growing up? Uh, basketball, weightlifting, track, um, a lot of involvement with the church, community. Um, what? Uh, tell us about your family now. Tell us about the girls. Oh, man, the girls. <laughs> Three crazy girls that are here. Uh, Kaylee, she's a freshman in high school. She's all into hair and makeup and wants to be a beautician and artist. Oh, she's a really good artist, can draw anything. I don't know where she got that talent from. But uh, Alexis, she is seventh grade. You know, she's into electronics and things like that. And then little Miss Paisley, the queen of the house. She's six. Paisley's not just the queen of your house. She's just the queen. Let's be honest. She rules everything. She is Queen <laughs> Paisley. Um, yes. But- what a kiddo, man. That's awesome. Um, what do you guys do for a living? We work uh, through good friends of ours. We're contracted through Tyson Chicken. And um, I work on machines, check on farms, go out there and check on the guys. Just pretty much anything they need done. We help out the owners of the company on it all. And I do a lot of the office work and financial accounting and all that for them. Yeah. Do either one of you have to travel much? We do. We travel up to uh, Maryland and Pennsylvania. Sometimes I'll need to just go back to Arkansas. That hasn't happened yet, but we spend a lot of time up in what's called Temperanceville, Virginia. Um, so uh, for those listening, you guys are married. How yes. long? How long ago did you guys get married? It will be six years on Halloween. You guys got married on Halloween. We yes. did. Did you wear <laughs> costumes at your wedding? I- I asked her to. I wanted to be Chucky and the Bride of Chucky, but she wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> Paisley was the only one dressed up. <laughs> yes. Like Paisley wore a costume? She, yeah, she was uh, like a month old when we got married. Yeah. That's so she was a little skeleton. Um, so, so how long have you guys known each other and how did you meet? We've been together for eight years and we actually met online. You guys were both? Uh, married to men before yes um and tina kaylee and alexis are your daughters from a previous marriage paisley is your daughter together yes right yeah we have paisley together and courtney you and i I know this is not going to be easy to talk about but you also had a daughter from your previous marriage um tell us about your daughter and what you've been through in the last couple of years. Uh, my daughter Zoe, she was 11 and uh, she committed suicide. And I have no answers for, you know, there was no notes or anything. So I have a lot of unanswered questions. And um, I don't know if it was from 
the bad divorce between her dad and I, and um, it's been a struggle. Um, I've prayed a lot, been angry, questioned God a lot. Um, I've been in counseling. That's helped me get through a lot. I've leaned on a lot of good people. You know, all of us assume that our children are going to bury us one day. And to have to say goodbye to a child, especially one so young, Courtney, what what have been some of the hardest moments for you? Um, doubting my parenting. Wish maybe I would have questioned how she really was. I had no idea how unhappy I guess she was with life. Um, I never seen any signs of it, anything going on. Um, I wish I would have had more sit down talks with her, one-on-one -on -one time with her maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know a lot of different emotions. Grief is so different from what people say it is. Everybody's different. Um, there's a lot of good days and bad days. Um, I think mainly God and counseling has really got me through one of my darkest days. Yeah. What, um, you know, I just thought of this. Um, what would you say to all parents out there? Not, not just parents of a, a child who is visibly struggling, but as a mom who's walked through this nightmare, what would you say to, to parents about their relationships with, with their kids? What, what advice would you give them knowing what you know and what you've walked through? Please take the time um, to get to know your kids. Um, one thing that I've learned is always communicate with your kids. Let your kids know even if it's something really bad, that they can communicate with you and you can get through it no matter what. Um, I've always told my kids, ever since this happened, just be open and honest with me. Come to me about anything. I'll always be here for you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you get through whatever needs you need to get through. Yeah, wow. That's good. That's really good. What, um, you know, you, you guys both mentioned that there's parts of your family that you don't talk to a whole lot anymore. Is that because you came out and because of your relationship with each other? Yes. Part of it is, yeah, like my mother doesn't agree with anything. And I was like, all right, it's just best that ties are cut with you guys on that. And obviously, you know, nobody wants to, you know, see families break apart or whatever. But when I was in treatment uh, back in March, I, I read a book called Safe People. And it's just about protecting our hearts and minds and this idea that not everybody gets a seat at the table in our lives. And it doesn't mean we want to be mean to those people or that we're trying to hurt those people, but we, we've got to protect ourselves. And, and sometimes that means making difficult choices of, of who we're in relationship with, you know? Exactly. Um, okay. Tell me what you remember about how we met. You, Tina. Yeah, we were talking about this today. And my favorite one was uh, we had come visited the church for the first time on the Halloween. Um, I don't know what they called it. Fall festival kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, fall festival. And we registered, put our name in as a new person. And I get a text from you 
and you texted the wrong person. And you're like, hey, so-and-so, this is Steve. And I was like, well, man, I, I think you have the wrong name. This is Tina. I said, but I got a question for you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've got so many of these. And he's, you're like, what's the question? I was like, how do you feel about gay couples? Right out of the bat, just boom, you know. And you're like, hey, short answer is we love them. Long answer, let's sit down and have a conversation. But come find me at church because I want to give you a giant hug. And that was the first interaction I had with you. I am a hugger, aren't I? You are. Yeah. Whether you <laughs> like it or not, I just like to hug. Um, so it, there's actually a funny way how you guys got to that festival, right? Weren't you guys, y'all were one of the neighbors of the church. We and, lived right behind the church, yeah. And Christian yeah. came knocking on our door and said, hey, why don't you come to Fall Festival? Gave us a gift card and everything. We're like, sweet. Yeah, we got some money from this church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, we uh, the church that I was pastoring at the time when we met was right in the middle of your neighborhood. And I mean, your backyard backed up literally against the parking lot of the church. And I'm sure people that live in that neighborhood got tired of the noise and the lights. And so when I took over as the campus pastor there, we said, you know, what's something we can do to just say thank you to our neighbors? And the looks that we got, and again, you mentioned that our worship pastor, Christian, came to your house. So I don't know how you guys reacted, but some of the looks that we we got from people, because we'd say, hey, we're from the church next door here, and people would kind of like roll their eyes and go, oh, great, kind of what's coming, you know, tell me about Jesus, or tell me I'm going to hell, or whatever, and we go, no, we just want to give you 25 bucks and say thanks for putting up with us and being a good neighbor. And and uh, and so you guys came. And actually, one of your neighbors, I want to say his name was Harold, maybe. Yes, and, Harold. And he won a TV that day, yeah. which was pretty crazy. <laughs> and he he never came back to our church. At least you guys came back. So uh, he got his TV and left. Um, hey, uh, what what were your thoughts when you, because I know you guys were on this journey, and we'll get deeper into your relationship and how the church views same-sex couples and all that in a minute, but for you guys, you were kind of on a journey to find a church, because you both are believers. You grew up in church. You wanted to be a part of a church. What was that search like for you guys, and then what were your emotions like the, that first Sunday when you came to visit us? That church was actually the first church we had actually went to um, because we're like, okay, they took the time, they came over, let's go try it out and see. I, another one of my friends had went to a different campus and said, hey, go, you'll enjoy it. So that first Sunday we come, they were talking about the 99 sheep. And I was like, okay, if this is not the perfect way of God saying, this is home for you, then I don't know what else is. Wow. You know, I'm, man, during that short two years that we were there, God gave us so many gifts, but one of them for the Ferris family was clearly you guys. And the friendship we developed is incredibly special to us. And the reason I mention that is because a lot of Christians, and I don't think this is done intentionally, but for some reason the church has chosen homosexuality as this one taboo thing. Yeah. that you have cooties. There's this special level, I don't know, of of fear. Uh, maybe maybe people are afraid it's contagious. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like we've, maybe some churches intentionally, but probably most 
unintentionally created this us versus them mentality when it comes to gay people in the church. Um, the first question I'd like to ask you guys is, what would you say to people who have been taught somehow or arrived to the conclusion that it's impossible for someone to be gay and a follower of Christ who wants to walk with him and know him? And what, what's, what would you say to, to someone who's struggling in that area? I think I would say, obviously with our opinion, we don't think that it's impossible. You know, we believe in Christ. We believe in the Bible. We believe, you know, we believe we're born again. Um, but some people, like you said, some people have been, that's all they've known is gay is not Christian like. And so just try to look at it, be kind to others and just love like Jesus, love like Jesus does, you know? Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the passages in first Corinthians that a lot of people use, and, and by the way, what I don't want this conversation to be, and we, we talked about this earlier, I don't want this conversation to be about, well, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? What we, you can all Google it. You can read it for yourselves. I, I don't want that to be what this conversation is remembered for, because I think it's too important to just stay down in those, you know, in those weeds. But one of the, one of the passages that a lot of Christians use to, I don't know, I, I guess the way to say it is to beat homosexuals over the head with is out of 1 Corinthians, and it lists these things. The Apostle Paul says, don't you know that people that do this and this and this won't enter the kingdom of heaven? And and a lot of times they'll hold that up and go, see, one of the things on the list there is homosexuality. And what they forget is there's a lot of things on that list, like cheating and lying. And, you know, and, and our churches are full of those people. Our churches are led by people that cheat and lie. And and so I for a long time I've had this, you know, thought of how in the world can we be so naive to think that whether you're gay or straight, you gossip or you don't, you whatever, right? We're all sinners saved by grace. And one of the things, you know, when we you guys first came out of the house and we started to get to know each other. You said something to me, I think it was you, Tina, but it might have been Courtney, that really stuck in my head. And I want you guys to talk a little bit about that just from from your own hearts today is, you know, you guys weren't looking for a fight. You weren't um, standing on some platform trying to fight for some cause. You just wanted to be loved and treated like everybody else. Yes. Um, talk about the importance of that in your life when it comes to Christians and, and kind of like, what do you guys wish that not just Christian people, but all people knew about same sex couples? Well, I mean, one, obviously we have feelings and we hear what people say about us. You know, uh, you can't see the picture of me on the recording, but I look more manly than Courtney does, you know, the typical gay couple. We hear the things people say about how I just want to be a man. I don't, but we have feelings. And that's kind of what sometimes what drives us away from the church too, is how people react to us in church. Mm -hmm. um, we were lucky at Owasso there that people come up and were accepting and friendly to us and inviting to us. Um, I wish people knew just 
go up and invite, be friendly. You know, that makes you feel 10 times more comfortable. Don't, don't judge by how people look. Don't judge because we're a same sex couple. Get to know us. Get to know us and who we truly are. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things I told you that night is that I, I wanted to pastor a church that would be known in a gay community as, as a church that, you know, we're not tearing pages out of the Bible. We're not dancing around issues. We're not sugarcoating things, but a place where no matter who you are, like, again, I hate that the church has chosen homosexuality as this one taboo thing, but no matter what you're involved in, no matter what your life looks like outside the four walls of those church, when you come inside of there, you're family and you're loved. And it's crazy to me because we do a pretty good job of treating most people like that. And I got to be careful because I think we, we pick on other people groups too, but uh, I just, I want to create this place. And you guys taught me so much about this, that I want to create this, or I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to live in a world where people just love each other, man. And, And listen, the Bible talks about all kinds of things, but the one thing we know it talks about is this world will know that your mind says Jesus by the way that you love one another. You, you guys have taught me a lot about that. When you guys think about going through life as a same-sex couple, what is one thing that you would say to people of all walks of life about how to treat gay people? Treat us the same as you would anybody else. We're human beings we love each other we love with our whole heart you know we want to be friends with you we want to you know get to know us (laughs) um hey so uh tell me what family life is like you know people listening some of them may not have certainly not have friends who are same-sex couples but may not have even been around same-sex couples and they may have these preconceived ideas of what family life is like um, tell us what, what life is like in the Loman house. Oh, life in our house. It revolves around Princess Paisley for the most part. <laughs> uh, we do the th- same things as everybody else. You know, we've got t-ball practice. We've got school. We've got work. You know, we come home. We watch our shows or, you know, there's nothing really anything different going we, on. We're old school. We all sit at the table and eat dinner together and each child every night um, has a turn of praying over the food before we eat and we have movie nights just stuff everybody like regular couples would do yeah that's good that's good when you guys were growing up did you deal with same-sex attraction or did that come later in life I didn't start acknowledging it till after college um I got married obviously right after college and then once me and him divorced that's when I started saying, hey, you know what, I think I, I really am attracted to females. So yeah. that's when it came for me. Um, I experienced it in high school, but I lived in a small town and my family was known around the town and involved in the community. So it was kind of scary to, you know, just come out and be like, uh, well, I think I'm attracted to girls. And mm. Yeah. One of the things that I ask a lot of people who are the guests on this show is what advice would you give 
to other parents today. And I'm not talking about same-sex couples or heterosexual couples, just moms and dads, single parents. You guys are, are raising three girls, uh, and, and they're all great kids. What advice would you give to parents out there about raising kids today? I think my biggest one is to be there for your kids. You know, the, there's a lot going on in the world, especially right now with the pandemic and the schools being shut down. And they just, they've got a lot going on in their minds that they don't know what they're dealing with and how to deal with things. So I think my biggest thing is to be there and to listen to them. On that note, Courtney, going back to your experience with Zoe, you mentioned, you know, take the time to talk to your kids. There are a lot of parents probably listening today and they're thinking to themselves, yeah, easier said than done. My kids don't want to talk to me. My, you know, the first thing they do is run to their room or whatever. What, what some advice you have to parents about pushing through that and making sure you get an audience with your kid and making sure they feel comfortable talking to you? What, what would you say to them? Uh, our girls like to be in their room a lot, but I always take the time and go in their room and ask them, hey, what are you doing? What kind of game are you playing? Or, you know, who are you talking to? You know, just kind of start engaging with them, you know, be interested in the things that they're interested in. And when they do, you know, start opening up, then you can start, you know, communicating more on deeper levels. I mean, that's what I've learned with the older girls, you know, one of them rather open up to me and one's kind of shy, but anything that they're interested in, just talk to them and ask them questions. And that's great advice, Courtney. What what have you learned about God during this season, walking through what happened with Zoe? What what did you learn about God Himself? That He never gave up on me, even whenever I was in my darkest hours and didn't want to be here. He didn't give up on me. He kept showing me that I have a child and a family and a home. He kept showing me the positive things in life that I have going for me. Sometimes we're really good at focusing on the, the dark parts. Like, oh, that must have been terrible. It was a, well, God's ama amazing, and he brings good things. You know, the Bible talks about him turning our morning into dancing. And, and though you may not be there yet, I just think it's important to share with people that, man, there are, there are good things that come out of that. And just, you know, coming home from work and seeing Paisley and getting to interact with her and that being a reminder from God that he hasn't forgotten you. And uh, that's not going to bring Zoe back, but it's good to know that you're not forgotten. And and uh, so that's good. Well, well, thank you guys again. I, I on On the show, I always try to do something fun with people that come on. We're going to play a little game called Five Questions, and you guys can answer together, either one at a time, or you can put in your collective answer uh, together. So let's start this way. What is the best concert, the best live music experience you've ever been to? The Pink Concert. Both of you, you went together? Yeah. She made me go, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> best Pink. concert ever. Pink's awesome. So... What like uh where was this? Where did you guys go? Oklahoma City. Yeah, so it was a big venue. Oh yes. So so pink. Pink yeah. is the best concert. And you both agree that's the best one ever? Yes. By far. Um growing up 
in Oklahoma, did either one of you ever go see Garth Brooks? I've heard he's the greatest entertainer of all time. Yeah, I never. Have. I would have loved to. I never got the chance to. Yeah, I've, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but man, people say he's he's amazing live. Okay, uh, so this past year we've had time at home <laughs> because of the pandemic. What is the best show? that you guys have binged during this 2020 COVID pandemic season? Oh man, there's so many. Um, I got a couple of them. QB1 on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No. Like uh, talking about quarterback one? Yeah. No. I think the last season we watched had a OU's quarterback, Spencer Rattler or whatever thing. Oh, so it's like documentary style. Yeah. Yes. It's really huh. good. That one, and I think it's called uh, Second Chances. Mm -hmm. It's also on Netflix about students who had a full ride to uh, football, full rides, but messed up and got revoked their scholarships. And so they're going to like a junior college to try to prove they can. Oh, uh, Last Chance You. Last Chance You. Yeah. Thank you. Last Chance You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the first season of that, but I haven't watched any others. I, I want to say one of the a couple of those guys made it to the NFL. Pretty, uh, yes, pretty I think so, yeah. Um, so, uh, when the pandemic is over and they start filming again, are you guys going to watch Survivor? Yes. You yes. got me hooked on that. Yeah. Let <laughs> me explain to those listening. So one of the things that Michelle and I've done for years is we're huge Survivor fans. Yes. That Joe's still on. <laughs> and we would have watch parties on Thursday nights and, uh, especially Tina and the girls. I can't remember. Did you come some also, Courtney? No, I was already here. But, but you started, you started watching though, right? Or no? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we used to watch that together, and uh, I may or may not have made an audition tape long ago that I never sent in, but uh, I'm really hoping that they start recording again so that we can You're watch. You're gonna have it. to post that. We'll. Uh, oh heck no! I'm. Oh. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's burned and gone, never to be seen again. But. Um, but we'll just have to touch base and see what we think once once a new season starts. Absolutely. Um, hey, what for you guys, what has been the most annoying part of this COVID pandemic? Oh, man. Well, the most annoying part was moving cross-country right when it started. The uncertainty of it and not knowing. I about pulled all my hair out on that. Man, oh, man. Um, what's the best part? Courtney, what, what what do you love? What what has been a good part of this weird season we've been in? Uh, spending a lot of time with the kids. That was that's been the best part. Is there a show that you guys have watched together as a family? Um, you watched uh, Outer, Outer Banks. Banks. It's on Netflix. Is it like a show show or reality? Reality. Okay, so uh, this is a really good one right here. What are you guys afraid of? What what are your phobias? Heights. I cannot stand heights. Don't ask me to put the Christmas lights up. That's Courtney's job. Okay, so I was about to ask you, Tina, like, what's the threshold? Like, are we talking five feet, ten feet? First step on the ladder, don't get me any further. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. Uh, Courtney, what, what are you afraid of? I don't have any phobias. I'm a adventurous person. <laughs> Come on now. There's got to be one thing you're afraid of. I mean, I'm just saying she's not going to kill a spider or anything like that. Oh, so. see, now we know. <laughs> hey, my, my daughter, Allison, apologies, Allie, but she called me one night. I can't remember. I think we were living in Colorado at the time. And I'm talking about, I thought something was seriously wrong. Tears running down her face. She's, she's got shake voice. 
And she's like, Dad, Dad, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, what is going on? She's like, there's a spider. And I'm like, just get a paper towel or a broom or something and kill it. Dad, I can't do it. I can't do it. She ends up putting a bowl on top of the spider, which was lying on the carpet as if the spider can't squeeze outside of the bowl during the night. But she put the bowl on top of the spider to give herself peace of mind while she slept. And of course, it was gone the next morning. Um, and and so uh so courtney is it just spiders or all crawly things uh just spiders i guess i'm not as scared of them but i don't like them <laughs> yeah I, I don't mind spiders but a a good wasp nest will send me into hysteria pretty quickly i you know there's there's there are a few things in this world that will make humans act more like an idiot than a bee <laughs> or a wasp pretty crazy Pretty crazy. Okay, a couple more here. Um, Halloween's coming up here pretty soon. What is yeah. one of your family traditions, either something you did growing up or your traditions now together as a family? What is one of your favorite family traditions surrounding Halloween? We go all out of decorating our house on the outside with Halloween stuff. Is it already yeah. done? Yes, yes, we just did it the other night. <laughs> so fun, man. So fun. We've got so. You what? Oh, you've gotten comments? Good ones, I hope. Oh, yeah. Um, do you guys still dress up on Halloween? Like, I'm guessing you take Paisley trick-or-treating. Well, probably the girl, older girls still like to do it, too. Do you guys go out, or does somebody stay home and hand out candy? Well, this year is going to be the first year we're actually going to dress up as adults. And uh, the girls are going to dress up. Kaylee, she's too cool to go with us, so she's going to stay in her outfit and hand out the candy. There you go. You know. There you go. So what are you, what are you guys dressing up as? Well, it's kind of a secret right now. We're going to okay. wait till Halloween and surprise everybody with it. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> I want, I want but it's going to be epic. That's awesome. Um, okay, so uh, here's the last and most important question of all. Who, out of all five girls that live in your house, who's the best dancer? <laughs> Paisley. <laughs> It'd be a fight between them all, but Paisley's got the moves down. That's awesome. Would the older girls agree that it's Paisley, probably? No, they wouldn't agree. They, they would say it was them, but... Alexis would say it was Paisley. Kaylee would say she has better moves. <laughs> In fact, we might have to have a dance-off tonight just to see. That's good. There you go. Hey, well, I'm glad I gave you something to do tonight. Yeah. Well, hey, I love you guys. Uh, love miss you, you like crazy. Thank you again for, for being on Critical Folly and sharing some of your life experiences and your heart. You guys are amazing people. Thank you. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. bye. Man, I love those girls. And I hope you were encouraged by what you heard today. I hope maybe if nothing else, it will expand your reach of who you genuinely allow to be a part of your life. I'd love to hear what you thought about today. So you can reach out to me on Facebook. You can find me on there. Just search Steve Ferris. I'm on Instagram, Ferris underscore Steve, or you can email us at criticalfolly at gmail.com. I would love to know your thoughts, even if you disagree with what was talked about today. I want to hear from you. Also, next week, you do not want to miss it. I'm just telling you, I just know some really cool people. And next week, my friend, 
Perry Myers, who is the head football coach, athletic director, and dean of students at Harvest Christian Academy, where I used to be the football coach, is going to join us and talk about all kinds of stuff, including six-man football. And you may not have any idea what that is, but do not miss it. There are certain people in this world that when you listen to them, you can't help but be encouraged, and it kind of brings joy to your heart, and Perry is one of those people. So don't miss the next episode. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time.